0: Welcome to the podcast from Trinity United Methodist Church in Ruston, Louisiana. Our prayer is that God uses this time to speak specifically to you, regardless of where you are on your faith journey. We'd also like to invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 830 or 1045, either in person or online at www.trinityruston.org. Thanks for listening. Let's join together in prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. You've been brought here from all over the country for one reason, to stare fear in the eye as you compete for $50,000. Now that mantra was spoken every week on one of America's most popular reality TV shows. Fear Factor featured six contestants competing for $50,000. Now, the contestants were forced to compete with each other by encountering their worst fears. Why was this show so popular? Why was it so popular? Well, one reason I believe It's because we like to see how people deal with their fears. Most of us know what it's like to live with fear. For too many of us, fear is a daily companion, particularly in this time. Now, I don't have to remind you that we live in a time of great uncertainty. Fear in our nation right now is palpable. You can see it in other people's faces, Fear, however, can also be debilitating. It can rob us of life and make us virtual prisoners in our own minds. Now, our scripture lessons that we heard this morning from the Psalter reading and that Leslie shared with us from the 10th chapter of Matthew address our fears. Our first scripture reading from the Psalter, Psalm 27, we read, "'The Lord is my light and my salvation.'" Who shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, we find that Jesus speaks these words to us. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your Father's will. And even the very hair of your heads are numbered. So don't be afraid, you are worth more than many sparrows. My message today is based on these two scripture passages because I think they have some very comforting and important things to say to us as we face our fears today in this pandemic of fear. And they have a promise to us about how not only to face fear, but also to overcome those fears. So let's take a look at what the scriptures have to say to us. But before we do so, let me remind you that there's a PowerPoint presentation available for you and I believe it's to my right and on the left of your TV screens. So I invite you to follow along, take notes, consider what God may be saying to you this week about facing our fear and overcoming it. So let's begin with the first point. First of all, fear can destroy your life fear can destroy your life now there are some things in life that are legitimately fearful we need that built-in voice that tells us don't go there dangers lurking don't go there dangers lurking we want our children to fear going out into the street before looking both ways We want our teenagers to fear driving too fast. And fear can, and the operative word here is can, prevent us from doing some dumb and destructive things. Let me give you an example. Some years ago, there was a middle aged woman living in a small southern town who became desperately frightened. She was morbidly afraid of burglars breaking into her home. Now, maybe she'd seen too much violence on TV or too many local news reports. Maybe she'd heard rumors of break-ins around town or maybe she'd heard about a burglary down the street from her. Well, in any case, her fear mushroomed to the point of paranoia. She was desperately afraid and she pleaded with her husband to give in. And so hoping to ease her mind, he agreed to put bars over all the windows and doors. And in doing so, that would prevent anyone from gaining any access into the house. However, she was still frightened. So she begged him to put extra strands of steel over the window bars and thus making it almost impossible for anyone to get in and it also sealed her off from the outside world. Now, only now did she feel safer and more secure when she was sealed off like that. However, one afternoon tragedy struck. As she was taking a nap, fire broke out at her house. And when she woke up, she discovered that she was trapped. Her husband, the firefighters, the police, the neighbors, the rescue workers, all desperately tried to get her out of the house. But they couldn't do so. And all their efforts were to no avail. They couldn't remove the heavy bars in time. And tragically, the woman lost her life. A terrible terrible tragedy. Her fears were so great that they led to her death. You know, fear can do that. Fear can lead to death. And unchecked, fear can destroy your life. But that brings us to the second point I want to make about fear this morning. Second, fear can also incapacitate a church. It's true. Fear can also incapacitate a church. You know, many churches never excel because they limit themselves out of fear. Fear of stepping out in faith. Fear of stretching out their resources for giving. Fear of any kind of change. Let me illustrate that for you. One of the wonders of the world-famous San Diego Zoo is the giraffe compound. That's right, the giraffe compound. Now, enclosed in a natural habitat are several of these magnificent animals. And you know, they're every bit as tall and graceful as you might expect. But they're far more massive and muscular than expected. Now, tall seems to imply thin. But these great beasts are anything but skinny. Their necks are thicker and their legs are wider and shorter and more powerful than you might imagine. It's not difficult to see how one kick could scent an ambitious lion packing. Yet these massive stately animals are enclosed in a compound so small that it seems too restrictive for their great size and power. You see, no cage contains them. There are no bars or walls. There's but a simple waterless moat that circles the compound no deeper than the giraffe's knee. Freedom's but a mere two steps away, but they're trapped. They're trapped, all of them. Not one of them will take the risk of stepping down in a cross for fear of breaking its neck. I wonder... How greatly does fear limit our church? Folks, we're living in a new world filled with new challenges, but also with new opportunities for ministry. And we can no longer do ministry the same way that we've always done it before. That world is gone. That was the BC world, the world before coronavirus. We're going to have to be flexible and adaptable. We're going to have to step outside of our comfort zones. We're going to have to take risk and do ministry differently. Now, what does that mean? Well, for a few things, that means new ways of doing ministry, new ways of doing worship, new ways of making contacts, new ways of teaching, new ways of communicating, and even even new ways of preaching so let me ask you are we willing to discard our fears and be open to God's direction and obedient to God's leading let me ask that again are we willing to let go of our fears and be open to God's direction and obedient to God's leading that's something only we can answer But that brings us to the third and final point I want to make this morning. And this is perhaps the most important point of all. How do we overcome this fear that seems to permeate our lives and our society? How can we overcome and live above this pandemic of fear in which we find ourselves? Well, that brings us to the third and final point. Third and finally, trust in God's love dispels fear. Trust in God's love dispels fear. You know, the secret to overcoming fear is to realize just how much God loves you. Now, Jesus used the analogy of tiny sparrows. And in the eyes of the ancient world, a sparrow was inexpensive and practically worthless. Jesus observed, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father's will. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I wanna close with this last illustration. In the spring of 1905, Savilla Martin and her husband were spending some time in Elmira, New York. While they were there, they struck up a deep friendship with a couple by the name of Mr. and Mrs. Doolittle. Mrs. Doolittle had been bedridden for almost 20 years. Her husband was confined to a wheelchair. Now, despite their afflictions, though, they lived lives of Christian joy. And... They brought inspiration and comfort to all who knew them. Now one day the Martins were visiting with the Doolittles and Mrs. Martin's husband commented on their bright hopefulness and asked them for the secret of it. Mrs. Doolittle's reply was quite simple and this is what she said. His eye is on the sparrow and I know He watches me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. The beauty of this simple statement of faith gripped Sevilla Martin's heart. And she wrote a poem, and she mailed it off to Charles Gabriel, who set it to music. Now, years later, singer Ethel Waters made that song popular. And she even used the name of it as the title for her autobiography. Now, perhaps those of you who are older may have even seen Ethel Waters sing at some of the Billy Graham Crusades. The title of that song, you know very well His Eye is on the Sparrow, and I Know He Watches Me. Now, several weeks ago, if you had the privilege of being here, you heard Franklin sing a beautiful solo. Of that. And I want to share with you a stanza of that to remind you that God's loving kindness and care and providence is always with us no matter what we may have to face. So let me share with you a stanza and bear with me. Let not your heart be troubled, his tender word I hear and resting on his goodness. He, but once I lose my doubts and fears, though by the path he leadeth, but one step I may see. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. His eyes are on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Well, you get the idea. It's so simple, really. Only one thing keeps us bound to our fear and that's lack of trust in God. So isn't it time that we let go of our fears and started trusting in God? Now, you know, there are some things of which we need to be afraid, no doubt. But fear without faith is a monster that will rob us of the joy of our salvation. Learn not to be afraid. Learn not to be afraid. For his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. Well, in conclusion, we don't have to have our lives dominated by fear. Trusting in God's love can dispel our fear and free us to live confident and joyful lives. Do you know that confidence today? Whoever has the ears to hear, let that one hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Podcast. To find out more about Trinity, visit us online at www.trinityreston.org.